you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career Show. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I am broadcasting this one live today on LinkedIn and YouTube and doing it solo, no interview today. I wanted to share some thoughts, and this is part of a new format that I'm experimenting with in 2022 uh, to do less interviews and more solo content because I have so much, uh, I had so many ideas, uh, so much experience at this point, and so many things that I'm talking with clients and people and organizations with. And I thought it'd be a good idea to start to share more of that. Uh, Not that I don't want to continue to learn from other people out there. And so we may do select interviews from time to time. Uh, But at this point, I've already done uh, a couple hundred interviews on this show and 250 interviews on my talent development hot seat podcast. And uh, I've talked to a lot of people and learned a lot of great things. And so I'm looking forward to doing more of these uh, solo shows in the in the future to share some of my knowledge. And I may be doing more of these live as well. Uh, so if people happen to pop in and have questions, uh, they can do that, right? So if you follow me on LinkedIn, uh, keep an eye out. There may be more of these broadcasts live in the future. And of course, they'll always be available on our podcast feed as well. And today, I want to talk to you about an important topic that seems to be coming up over and over again for me recently in different conversations. And that is the idea that owning your career starts with self-awareness. Now, self-awareness is one of those things that I think a lot of people will hear it or look at it and say, well, yeah, I'm I'm aware. I'm aware of myself, right? I'm self-aware. Um, and at the same time, conversely, a lot of people will look around and say, man, most people around me are not self-aware, right? They have no idea what's going on. They're not really thinking about their actions or how it might impact other people. And I have been working in consulting for over 10 years. I've been doing a lot of leadership development work and recently a lot more career development work as I speak in a lot of organizations, um, created training programs, work with a lot of people on this topic. And I think that one of the number one things that holds a lot of people back in their careers and as leaders as well is a lack of self-awareness. And one of the reasons why people don't have much self-awareness is because they never really stop to think about it. They don't really take the time to reflect. So as I say, owning your career starts with self-awareness. I think self-awareness starts with self-reflection. And I've done a lot of this work, which I think qualifies me to have this conversation. And yet it's not over. I haven't reached a destination. Uh, The work is ongoing and will continue right up to the end of my life. And I enjoy it because I'm always learning new things about myself, just as I'm learning new things about people around me. And you might be doing the same thing. And if you're not, then you might not be spending enough time doing this important thing. So I said self-awareness starts with self-reflection. And when I talk about self-reflection, it's a simple act that a lot of people don't really do very much, which is to sit down with a cup of coffee or tea You don't have to have a beverage, but a beverage of your choice, right? And a journal and no one else around, nothing else around, no distractions, quiet space. I do this often early in the morning before my kids get up. And to think about your things you've learned recently uh, doing this for the first time, and you want to sit down and do this exercise the right way, 
uh, start to ask yourself some somewhat hard, easy and hard questions like, who are you? Uh, you know, what do you stand for? What do you get excited about in life? Um, what experience do you have? What strengths and weaknesses do you have? And this requires some honesty, by the way. I think a lot of people, especially if you're over 30, over 40, uh, you have a pretty good understanding of what your strengths and weaknesses are. You may not know completely, but you know where you really struggle and you know where you do well. For example, uh, I struggle with details. I am not detail-oriented. I'm very forgetful. Uh, I'm often late to things. I uh, leave things and forget things all the time. If I'm managing a project for you, there's a good chance, hate to say it, there's a good chance that something is going to fall through the cracks. I'm not going to remember something and it's going to be a problem. In fact, that has been a problem for me many times in my career where I wanted to do well and wanted to get promoted, but I did not because I was struggling with details. I was not very detail-oriented and missed out on some things and didn't quite cut it. Now, on the flip side, I have many strengths, including uh, teaching, inspiring, connecting, asking questions, podcasting, speaking, um, running events, um, connecting, networking, making friends with people, on and on. There, there are a lot of things that I do well uh, that I've started to really embrace. And the important thing for me is that I have started to design a career and a business for me that builds on my strengths, that utilizes my strengths, and doesn't force me to spend a lot of time doing things that I'm not very good at. So um, you could say avoiding my weaknesses might be one way to put it, um, outsourcing, delegating some of my weaknesses. So there are certainly aspects to my business and my job that require details, require being on time, require organization. And some of those things I do myself, but I've also been, um, you know, I figured out how to outsource some of those things. I've hired, I have an assistant who helps keep track of all the crazy things I'm doing with my life and my business. I've got three podcasts, a membership community, a book, uh, a business, speaking with lots of companies, doing a lot of client work. Um, and so I could use some help. You know, I need help uh, keeping all that stuff straight. Not everybody has the bandwidth or the budget or whatever uh, to do that. But, and I don't think we, I don't know if we ever design a perfect career that utilizes only our strengths and we never have to do anything that we are not so good at. But the point is that I've designed this career that utilizes more of my strengths and less of my weaknesses. So I didn't start a business that requires me to be a project manager all the time. That would be a bad idea, right? So my point is coming back to self-awareness and self-reflection, being aware of your strengths and your weaknesses. What are the things that you're really good at? What are the things you're not so good at? And sometimes I say like, hey, be honest with yourself, right? Because no one else is around. No one else is judging you, right? But you've got to have this conversation with yourself. People think that we need real honesty about our weaknesses because sometimes people are not willing to admit what they're not very good at. And I think we can always get better. Um, but there are certain things that we're just never going to excel at, right? Those are weaknesses for us. But I also want you to be really honest with yourself about your strengths because uh, humility is so lauded in our society that people take things a little bit too far and they don't even want to admit or talk about the things that they're good at because they believe that they might be perceived as arrogant or having a big ego. If I say, oh, I'm really good at facilitation, you know, someone might say, oh, you think you're so good? I know people who are better. We always worry about that, but that's not really going to happen, right? Most of the time, if, if you are 
if you know what you're good at, other people will say like, yeah, you are good at that. I'm not saying that I'm the best in the world. I'm just saying that I'm good at it. I'm better than most people. It's something that comes easily to me. I like doing it, speaking in front of people, whatever it may be. Um, so being honest with yourself of what your strengths are. Your strength might be project management or coding or um, something to do with IT or understanding numbers, math, you know, whatever it may be, connecting with people, being honest and, and write those things down. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Uh, and then related to that, what do you like doing and what do you not like doing? Now, hopefully there's an overlap between your strengths and something you like doing. That's not always the case, right? Sometimes we like doing things that we're not so good at. And sometimes we are really good at something and we don't really want to do it, right? I, I, many people have seen that with their kids who are really good at a sport or an activity, but they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And they quit. And it, it, it can be frustrating for a parent, but we've got to support our kids and our employees and people in pursuing the things that they want to do. And so understanding your strengths and weaknesses is important, just as important as understanding what are the things you like doing? What are the things that you don't like doing? What gets you pumped up? What gets you in the zone? You know, understanding those things about yourself and what do you hate doing? What do you want to avoid doing? And trust me, I know you could be in a job right now where you hate doing half of it and you don't feel like you can get out of that because you don't have another job. You don't have the luxury of maybe starting a business or designing another job or going and getting another job. But I bet you could start down the road of designing the career you want and finding things that will leverage more of your strengths and the things that you like and less of the things that you don't like. And that all starts with self-reflection. It starts with self-awareness. And then we can go into setting a vision and an understanding of where you want to go in your career. But it starts with really understanding yourself and who you are so that you can start to design that vision and that career. Uh, similarly, you know, on those lines, what are your work and communication styles? How do you like to work? How do you like to work with others? When you start doing a lot of assessment work and self-reflection uh, um, and build that self-awareness, it also helps you understand other people. And it's a revelation when you realize that people have very different working styles. People have different, different personalities and different uh, communication styles. And what you like and how you like to work might be very different from someone else. For example, um, I learned this years ago going through a communication styles activity that uh, when I'm sitting down in a meeting and talking to someone, I really like to start with pleasantries, you know, a, a conversation. I'm very relating, uh, a relating type person, um, you know, social. And so if I'm sitting down with you in a meeting, I need to start with a little bit of banter. Where do you live? How was your weekend? Uh, you know, what's your family look like? That sort of thing. Like get to know you a little bit. There are other people out there who get annoyed by that and just when they get to a meeting, want to just get to down to brass tacks, to business and move on. And so when you understand how you operate and how other people operate, then you're going to start to accommodate those things and design a career and a work environment that works for you as well as works for other people. Um, related to that, are you introverted? Are you extroverted? You know, that can relate to the type of work that you might want to do. Um, you know, and there's not to say there's any hard and fast rules here. Certainly, I know many introverts who are very successful networkers, speakers, um, event hosts. So it's not like you can't be around people. I think many of them have learned that they need to build in quiet time afterwards to, you know, some downtime. Um, and extroverts can be uh, thinkers, right? And, and reflect and do things that are more cerebral that you might expect introverts to do. Uh, they just might just build in time to be around people. So for instance, I'm an extrovert. Uh, I've gotten very good at being by myself and doing these uh, quiet activities, but I know I also crave human connection. And so I'm designing a career that 
allows me to do more of that. I talk to people all day long. I do podcast interviews. Uh, I run a membership community. I host events. Um, I do lots of Zoom meetings with people that I meet, uh, a lot of client work, speaking, you know, that sort of thing. And it, it fills me up. It energizes me. Maybe that doesn't for you. Maybe it's something else that you would rather be doing. So it's really about understanding yourself, who you are, and what really drives you. I'm looking down at some of my notes here. Um, another question, you know, where have you struggled and what has held you back in the past? You know, for me, I mentioned that I've really struggled with details, with project management, as hard as I've tried, and I have really tried hard uh, to make it and to overcome those weaknesses, uh, I just continue to make mistakes. I continue to let things slip through the cracks. And so I've learned that that is a real weakness for me. Um, I may not ever change that or overcome it. So I'd rather design a career that's more based on my strengths. And that's part of my self-awareness, understanding who I am. Uh, you know, I hope that I'm not scaring anybody away. Uh, if you were thinking about hiring me for a project management role, you might want to look somewhere else. Um, so what's helped you back? Um, why do you do what you do? That's a big question, right? Why do you get up and go to work every day? And please try to avoid the easy answer of, well, they pay me, so that's why I go. Or like, I signed up for this and you know I need to do this or that. Um, if you live in the United States or Europe or you know, I'd say 85% of the world, you probably have free choice in where you can work and where you can go and how you can spend your time. I'm not saying we can all just goof off and you know go to the pool, pool all day, especially not in the winter. But um, why do you go to work? Why do you go to this job? Why do you run this business when you probably could be doing something else if you really wanted to? Uh, is it just about the money? Is it about your manager? Is it about the people? Is it about the culture, the type of work you're doing? Do you have a bigger purpose, a driving purpose or driving factor that um, factors into the work you're doing that helps you um, that you really like doing, right? So that is a question um, to be asking yourself. And by the way, if you happen to be watching live and you have any questions or thoughts on this, feel free to drop those in. I got a comment from Paula James who said, so important, know what you're good at and own it. I like that. Know what you don't do well and get help, right? Get help if you need to, outsource it, avoid it, don't do it. Um, or get help with it. I have also partnered with a lot of people uh, throughout my career on things where uh, maybe I wasn't good at one thing, but I was good at another, and we might have complementary strengths. You could find a colleague that you could support each other on. Um, when I hosted my first conference, the Talent Development Think Tank Conference, back in January 2020, I co-hosted it with my good friend, Bennett Phillips. And one of the reasons why it worked so well, and we had over 100 people there, it was sold out. Many people told us it was the best conference they've ever been to. Uh, Bennett and I had very complementary strengths. So he, you know, he's not the most detail-oriented guy in the world, but a lot more so than I am, and was very happy to handle a lot of the logistics and behind-the-scenes thing, uh, whereas I thrive on, I love marketing and talking to people and being out there. Um, and he is great at having conversations, and we had we sold just as many tickets as each other. Um, but when it came down to the event, I was the person on stage, uh, up in front, telling everybody where to go, teaching, connecting, introducing people, that sort of stuff. Um, and he was behind the scenes making sure everything that worked. And he was very happy in that role. And I was very happy in my role. And that just speaks to how different people are, right? We could be good friends and colleagues, but we have different personalities and work styles. And so you want to do what you can to understand yours. And I talked about that purpose. Um, I think understanding who you are and how you work, you also want to try to start understanding your emotions. Right? And many of us have many different emotions, many different range of emotions. It varies based on the things you're experiencing. 
Um, but when you experience emotions like anger, frustration, uh, happiness, joy, have you ever asked yourself why? Have you actually ever stopped and asked, why am I experiencing this emotion and tried to answer that question? It's not always easy, right? But sometimes there is a reason behind it and we can start to understand that more and possibly even limit some of those um, harder emotions that we don't want to be experiencing all the time, like frustration and anger. Um, I see a lot of people get unnecessarily angry about things when they're little things. It's not really that necessary. Um, so when you start to gain more self-awareness, you can also start to understand your emotions better, why you act certain ways. Um, why do you do what you do? Why do you act the way you do? Why do you treat other people the way you do? Um, everybody actually, and the whole idea is to start asking more of these questions. It's really all about curiosity, right? Asking lots of questions about who you are. Uh, why do you operate the way you do? Why do you feel the way you do? Why do you do the things that you do? What are you good at? What are you not good at? Uh, as you can see, you're asking yourself a lot of questions. And after you do this with yourself, you can start going to friends and colleagues and asking them questions as well. If you want to take this to the next level, you know, say, what do you see as my strengths? What do you what do you perceive me as being very good at? What do you see as my weaknesses, things that I can maybe work on or try to avoid? Um, something I've noticed as I've done this exercise in the past is that a lot of times we're not that aware of our strengths because, this is important, because we often assume that if we're good at something, then probably everybody else is good at it, right? It's that humble mindset that, well, if I'm good at this, probably someone else is as well. Whereas your colleagues are looking at you going, I've never seen anybody so good at this thing. Like you're amazing at project management or you're amazing at connecting people, bringing them together or summarizing things after meetings. You should do more of that. You're a great storyteller. Um, I've done this activity with friends before and it can be really eye-opening to hear what other people think of you and also to give that feedback to other people to help them understand their strengths and their weaknesses as well so that they can build on that, right? When you understand your strengths better, you can start to leverage those more in your career, which ultimately I think will lead to more happiness and success. So we talked about understanding who you are, why you do the things you do, um, the emotions, your driving purpose. Um, you know, if you expand that out a little bit and we started talking about talking to different people is understanding uh, who are your supporters and maybe detractors as well, but who are your supporters and allies? Who are the people that you can rely on who are rooting for you, who are supporting you, who are your friends, who are your colleagues, is your manager supportive and in your favor? If you have a manager, um, start to have conversations with them about you and your career. And of course, you want to support them by giving them feedback and guidance and coaching and advice if you can. Um, but we are humans, are social creatures. I don't think that we are made to do things on our own. Yes, some people do try to do things on their own and maybe they succeed. But you find most successful people have had help along the way from friends, colleagues, mentors, managers, coaches. Um, I've had a ton of help in my career, and I continue to hire coaches and mentors, join mastermind groups and membership communities, make new friends, talk to friends about things I'm doing, look for ways to support them, and, um, and accept help and support from them as well. I think it's so, so important that uh, we look for help, that we uh, we identify the people that are in our circle that can really help us. And also think about the people in our circle. Are they helpful to us? Are they supportive to us? Or are the people we're spending most of our time with 
not very supportive? Are they critical? Are they negative? And maybe we need to start to think about changing that circle of influence, right? Because when you think about circle of influence, these are people who are influencing you. And if you think you're not influenced by your friends uh, or your family, uh, you might be mistaken because we are always influenced by the people around us, just like we're always influenced by media, um, by all forces outside around us. And that's why we need to be intentional with not only who we are and how we show up in the world, but the, the people we surround ourselves with as well. That's a whole other topic. Uh, you know, we don't always have choices in that. You can't choose your family, as they say, um, but you can be mindful of who you're spending time with and how much time you're spending with them if they're having a positive or negative influence on your life. Now, we'll close this up thinking about self-awareness and who you are as you've done all this work and reflection. And I hope you're writing some of this stuff down and thinking about what you're going to do with your next quiet session, right? Hopefully you're going to do this. Um, start to think about the future. Who, who, like, What do you want to accomplish in your career and your life? Um, who do you want to be? Um, and what's held you back in the past and what might be holding you back now? Are there any fears that are holding you back? Um, if I could wave a magic wand, you know, and say, your wish is granted, what would you be doing or where would you be in three to five years? Where do you want to be? Uh, and what roadblocks are in the way that might be preventing you? Start to think about those things. And really, the next thing we'll do is start to design that future of where you want to go to. But for now, sit with that idea of self-awareness and understanding who you are and why you do the things you do. Why do you have the opinions and judgments that you do? By the way, we didn't even talk about that. We're always judging people around us, the environment around us, and we're often basing it on things that we learned from our parents, from our teachers, from our friends, from the media. Uh, we don't even realize it, right? That uh, people should or shouldn't be acting certain ways, right? Uh, and just because we wouldn't do it doesn't mean other people shouldn't do it. As you become more aware of who you are and the way you like to operate and work and you and and the emotions that you have and the way you feel and why you do what you do, you can also start to open your mind to understanding other people around you, gain more empathy for the way people operate and understand them a little better, which will allow you to become a better colleague, a better friend, a better mentor, and I think a better citizen of the world. So uh, that's it for my lesson today on building self-awareness. I saw I had a few more comments here uh, in the chat uh, from Paula, who said so important um, earlier. Uh, Bradley MacArthur, who says, I agree what you are saying, especially within denial hierarchy, uh, lazy CEOs. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people out there in denial about who they are, what they're good at, what they're not good at. Um, and uh, sometimes people like manage to hide things and move to the top. But I think a lot of leaders uh, get themselves in trouble because they have they lack self-awareness and therefore they're not really open to any kind of feedback and they get stuck, right? They move up to a certain level and they just can't advance anymore because they, they, they lack this self-awareness and therefore, um, you know, they're not really taking feedback. They're not really understanding who they are and where they could potentially improve. Um, and I've talked to a lot of people who have gained that and learned some important lessons and become more self-aware and started to hear feedback and made some drastic improvements and become a lot more successful as a result. Uh, Paula said, yes, that's so important too. A lot of things that happen don't require an emotional response. You don't have to have a feeling about a canceled event. Just adjust your calendar and move along. It's so true. Um, most events, 
and life do not require an emotional response. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have one or that it's bad or anything like that. Um, but things just happen and things in life are not good or bad. We interpret them as such, right? So a canceled meeting, one person might be so disappointed that that meeting got canceled and another person might be so excited because now they don't have to go and they have uh, more blank space in their calendar to do something else, right? So just adjust your calendar and move on. I try to take that approach with most things in life, uh, including challenges, things that I'm not happy about. Like if I can't change it, it's outside of my control, then I just recognize it. Maybe I let myself feel frustrated for a minute or two and then like it's time to move on. Like there's no point wallowing or sitting there getting angry or frustrated about all of this. So uh, thank you for those of you who are tuning in live. This will also be available on the Own Your Career podcast. I hope it was helpful for all of you. Uh, just a reminder, I have a book that's out there available on Amazon called Own Your Career, Own Your Life, Stop Drifting and Take Control of Your Future. I'm on a mission to help a lot more people, inspire people to take ownership of their careers and be intentional with their life as well as prepare for the future. Uh, my book is all about that. If you want to get some free resources, whether you've read the book or not, uh, you can get those on my website by going to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. All kinds of free resources on there, including the three questions I ask anytime there's a big challenge, uh, the top five most common career mistakes, and uh, the five steps to owning your career. So own your career, own your life dot com slash bonus. Thank you again, everybody for listening and talk to you next time.